0: Welcome to Going Off Script, the podcast where we chat to performing artists and practitioners. We hear their stories and find out what's the goss.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Going Off Script. I'm Matt Ella, and of course I have Alice Canton with me.
0: Hello, I'm Alice Canton.
1: <laughs> and uh, for this episode we have the company of Last Tapes. We have Ben. Shuri and Robin. Hey, guys. How are you going? Hello. Hi.
0: you. should each go around the circle. We're sitting in a circle. It's actually more of a... He- oval. Yeah. Oval, yeah. Oval. It is oval. Correct. I was like, hexagon? <laughs> um, Not at all.
2: Yeah.
0: So you go, you go around and maybe just say who you are and what you do. South, you mean?
3: Okay, uh, I am Benjamin Joseph Henson. Joseph. Uh, yeah, That's I know. Cool. BJ Henson. Mm. Um, and I'm a freelance theatre director, and um, I've worked a lot with less tapes and uh, was the director of Valerie.
2: Kia ora, I'm Cherie Moore, and I am an actor, singer, Director, producer, teacher, um, and I am dog (laughs) mother. Yeah, (laughs) dog mother. (laughs) Yes, Uh, and um, yeah, I'm part of Last Tapes, and I'm one of the performers in the show Valerie. Also,
4: and I'm Robin Kelly. I'm one of uh, the members of Last Tapes. I'm a musician, composer, kind of a yeah thing, and um, one of the writers of writers and performers of Valerie.
0: Great. Um, so tell us, what is Last Tapes? What is that? Is, a, is it a commodity or a company? Or?
4: It's a company, yeah. it's a, uh, It was us, incredibly naive about six years ago, deciding that you need like an incorporated company in order to, I don't know, have a career or something or be proper. Um, <laughs> and of course, then we named it after a Beckett play because... What, we, were, we were it's a great it's a great play <laughs> yeah but we were we were younger then um but yeah since then it has become a great kind of uh touchstone for us to think of legacy or think of like building our career and building our work as a kind of a legacy of what we're doing
2: yeah, yeah and we're uh collective of people who um, there's four of us who work together consistently and then we have other people come in and work with us on a project by project basis and uh, Last Tapes' motto is um, currently a theatre that gives a shit, uh, however we are a um, production company who are kind of moving into different mediums as well, not just theatre but uh, we're really passionate about people and about storytelling and about connection
3: I think that theater that gives a shit thing is like still um really valid fuel Definitely. yeah, for mm. like what you guys are building and what you guys are up to, mm. and the kind of um ethos of getting in there and making something that's of value
4: yeah yeah yeah, and if you stop giving a shit, then just then stop why are you going wow. <laughs> yeah, <yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: then what are you doing with your life <laughs> yeah. yeah
4: yeah so I guess like um theater
1: that gives a shit is uh, is a good partnership with um basement really eh? so totally yeah um have you guys done many shows at the basement
2: yeah we have um so for for last tapes as a company the basement was um really important in our growth phase um we had Done a few shows, and then um, a couple of years ago, we did a full season of work where we announced a whole season um, for the year, and that was called Last Tapes, First Steps, and that was hosted by the Basement, and we did all of our shows that year at the Basement in partnership with them, and that was a really huge step forward for the company, and um, that was also where we did our first show of Valerie, which has gone on to um, have much more of a life. Uh, here in New Zealand and internationally.
4: Yeah, and like um, like The Last Tapes has been a bit of a touchstone for um, holding us to a sense of what we're building in legacy, I think The Basement helped us to grow that by doing that whole season, um, holding everything under the conceptual framework. It was the first step season because it was about new writers. So everything in that season was a debut for someone or something. Um, generally speaking, it was first plays. Um and then we had at the end of the year, a whole bunch of new actors um from the actors program uh so like that collaboration really allowed us to kind of like crystallize a sense of purpose and identity for an entire year and really make a statement that was yeah pretty important and has now gone on um two of those works have continued to tour around the world yeah it must be exciting as a company to be like, we're gonna release
1: a season yeah what what was that so feeling? excited <clears throat> for you guys
2: yeah. Really, really exciting and um, a huge amount of work, <laughs> yes. and it was great. and And it was so specific in uh, what it was setting out to achieve and who it was supporting. Um, and yeah, it was it was super exciting. And I, that's something we're really proud of.
4: Yeah. And it was the ultimate exercise in like just say you'll do something, so you have to do it. Like yeah. we we yeah. we had it all there, and it just felt so right and felt good. So we announced it, and then. Realised pretty quickly we had to follow through. Not that not that you have to. You could just forget about it and let it be lost in the ether. But no. Yeah, but you give a shit. You give a shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. it all comes yeah. around to yeah. that, right? Uh, tell yeah. us, uh, talk to us about uh Valerie and what that where, who, why that thing was, what it is.
3: Oh fuck, that'll be massive. Do you want to? Do you, want me to, do you uh, well? I think the thing—the life of Valerie has lived with you, Robin, from the beginning, really. Mm. And uh, I experienced the show for the first time as part of a showcase at the basement that um, mm-hmm. this pair did, and it existed as a what ten minutes of the
4: show. Yeah, it was a ten-minute kind of segment at the time where the basement was hosting a kind of platform for new cabaret works. Mm. Um. And that gave us an opportunity to just kind of step it, stand it up and see what it looked and felt like.
2: See what was working, see what was not.
4: Yeah, and I think the
3: core of the story, you know, I saw that as an audience member at the basement and the core of the story just absolutely stayed with me mm. so that when the phone call happened and, and Robin was saying, this is, we're building this into a much bigger thing, um, it was, a, I just had to say yes. You know, you, I already felt invested in it completely. And I remember that um, story so clearly. And I think it was like there was a moment in that, wasn't it, the knife under the fridge?
4: Yeah. Yes. Moment
3: yeah. in that piece, which I do, which didn't actually come into the show as it stands at the moment. Well, but it was modest. just that story was so mm. clear. That yeah. image
4: as well yeah. was just so clear. The whole, the whole show is... Um, Really draws its inspiration from my grandmother and her life and her times with uh, some mental health issues that ran through her husband, my grandfather's side of the family. Um, And they were just such vivid stories that, of course, it needed to be a theatrical performance in my mind. Um, And one of those stories, yeah, it didn't end up making the ultimate show, but it was about she had her sister in law living with them in a one bedroom flat where they, like, two single beds in the one shared room, and she was living with them because she was intensely depressed and suicidal, and they were taking care of her, but it meant that every time they left for work, they had to hide all the knives in the house, just as a precaution.
2: And Robin's grandmother, Valerie, was heavily pregnant at the time,
4: and so she talks about you yeah, having to get home and then get her down on her hands and knees and pull the knives from under the fridge where she hid them. <laughs> and you're like, Whilst she's
2: seven months pregnant and yeah. getting up and down off the floor to, to be able to make dinner.
4: Yeah. There's just... Yeah.
3: And so for anyone who hasn't seen the show, uh, Robin sat down with his grandmother, Valerie, and interviewed her and found um, such a rich... Uh, tapestry of all these stories that have been weaving through um, your entire family
1: yeah
3: and so then the journey that we've taken with that is to splice that with um, another side of Robin's life which is science Uh, and so there's a lot of um, uh, exploration into the genetics so there's the heart of the family and then also the genetic makeup of the family and we we've spliced those two threads
1: together yeah, I, I saw Valerie for the first time um, When we were both over in Edinburgh mm. yeah. um, And I was like I don't I don't know how I don't know how you did it you? Like it was <laughs> There's a lot of science going on there But also the, the, the music elements of the show mm. With uh, yourselves and Tom Broom. Tom Broome yeah. yeah Amazing drummer um, Just Yeah, the science, the music, the story And how it all all weaves together. Such such a beautiful piece of theatre. Yeah. Thank
4: you. Thank you. yeah. And those those elements, like when we started it, when Ben first saw it, it was a uh, much more conventional, just kind of storytelling cabaret, and we were doing like uh, Nick, existing songs, yeah, Nick Cave songs and things like that, and um, something that might, you probably would be familiar with in its format if you were at a cabaret show. Um, but yeah, it's it, all due credit to the basement there, they took us on for play science for development um, to allow us to push it. And just, just before that, actually, we'd had some funding to do a workshop with Kate Pryor as a dramaturg. And that was the kind of... It was a great segue to go from that, where we felt free to be disruptive to the form, straight into working with Ben through play science and Paul McClaney, and just allowing a lot of permission to weave these strange elements together and the assurance that that was valid that could work
3: yeah and I think when um it's quite uh apt I think you're saying that because when a when a project has um that magic and is a very special um project for everyone that's involved it's um I had many times of watching that show and going I don't know how we made this either (laughs) Mm. because it's not, the steps to getting it there were not the conventional steps of pulling a play off the shelf and getting into the rehearsal room and tightening everybody up. Mm. The work that Kate Pryor did was, like, invaluable in throwing all of the pieces in the air. Yeah. And um, we did this strange thing where I was in Dunedin when you guys were on the workshop with... Kate and so then Kate was phoning me every night and keeping me updated and then you know and then vice versa and so then Kate went to Dunedin to be with Byron and I came and worked with you guys on the show. So we kind of did this like weird uh, Dunedin swap Um, uh, which you know felt very apt considering that um, Robin lived there for so long Uh, but I I, you know often watch that show and go it's bigger than us. Mm. It's bigger than you know, the, the, way, the space the audience takes it into is also that missing factor. And so there were so many out-of-body times of going, I don't know how we made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where we started. Yeah. You know, it's like, I remember being in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I pre- being in the room precept, and going, yeah. Robin, get in the corner and stop writing. Yes. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when it, all, when it all came together, it was a, it was a very um, homogenous, yeah. uh, collaborative... You know, it was all about the skills that these people have as individuals that came together at the right time with the right story.
4: Well, the fact that we could all, Tom and Tom Broome as a drummer and a musician as well, could just go, oh, OK, we need a sound to work, you know, we need music that works through this and he's just an element there and, yeah. Yeah. and we can all kind of sit down and just just do that. That was an invaluable kind of part, an invaluable example of the skills in the room weaving something pretty magical together.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the work has since from gone from uh, Auckland Basement Theatre to um, it's performed at Kew Theatre. Mm-hmm. It's performed at the Auckland Arts Festival, is that correct, in the festival? Uh, yeah, Wellington, no. Arts Wellington Arts, Arts Festival. The, so so oh sorry, the New Zealand, Zealand New Arts festival. festival. New Zealand Art Arts Festival. Arts festival. Yeah. And
2: Kokomai Arts Festival and... Um, Hawke's Bay Arts Festival, Dunedin Arts Festival, we've been to Christchurch independently and also uh, to APAM in Brisbane and then for a month in Edinburgh.
0: And what was it like bringing that work from here, homegrown work? I kind of that expression is so cringy because what does that even really mean? But then to have that work being performed to an audience, not of friends and family, mm. but complete strangers, and the hustle that is Edinburgh F- Festival, yeah. like yeah, what was that like? I think the first
2: step of that was to take it out of Auckland, and not not to Edinburgh, but because we'd done some arts festivals other places. In New Zealand that was like the first testing ground and that was the first time we went okay well this went really well at home but a lot of the audience are people who know us and who care and there's such a um, direct connection what will that be like when we leave and go to places where nobody knows us um, and I think that you know we went and and that first time was like okay no this is such a um, specific story that it is so universal and everybody that comes along sees themselves or their own family or their friends or somebody that they're connected to in it and so that was like the first validation and, and so I think going to Edinburgh we already knew that that part was okay, that part of having audiences that don't know us was not a problem. I think we had of course um some uh, worries or anxieties about going to the Hustle of Edinburgh and you know, out of 3,600 shows, who the heck is going to come to ours and why? Um, But we were lucky that Nikki, uh, our main producer for this show, had been funded through the Momentum program to go to Edinburgh the year before, and Robin also went along. And so we had the advantage of the two of them having been there. And I felt, once we got to Edinburgh, super grateful for that. And then from there, I think we just, like, had a great team around us and did everything we could and then just had to see what happened, you know, and just trust that whatever was going to happen was just part of the journey. Yeah. And what did happen?
0: <laughs> Tell us about how it was received and what, that, what, what happened well, once you got because I there. kind
3: of had the opposite because it was – all of my friends and family from the UK finally <laughs> got, got to see it. Oh, so it was like, you know, here I've been on the other side of the world making work, and then suddenly my mum, my nan, my auntie, you know, it was like everyone, every day was, Summer Hall was like a drop in centre um, catching up with Ben, you know, it was like. And some very surreal evenings where it was a bit like those um, dreams you have when all those people can't really be at that dinner party at the same time. It was just like. Auckland life, New Zealand life, you know, Leicester life, UK life, all merging in one place, which is one of the very special things about Edinburgh. I think it's such a centralising experience and you will meet artists from the other side of the world, but you'll be in such a, um, you're in a mate's space immediately, you know, which is so cool about the festival. So as expansive and hectic as it is, you will find... Your people, and you'll find you know you'll gravitate to some great um, other artists, mm. and it is that typical thing of you usually end up in great conversations with other Kiwis that you never bloody see.
0: I mean, when you're, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like right. I'm like
3: oh Stella Reed, mate, oh,
0: you know yeah, it's, it's of kind of like you know, and you've never <laughs> chatted to
3: them before in New Zealand, and then suddenly you're in Edinburgh and you're like huh, oh, mm. let's have a beer. Yeah, yeah.
4: I had a beautiful moment recently of the kind of uh, international potential of that festival where Shona McCullough came back from Korea where she'd been for New Zealand Dance Company trying to get them into the Asian market and she came back and we saw each other in the queue for you and she said oh I've just come back from Korea and I met this children's theatre maker who'd seen your show in Edinburgh and I was like oh Sam you mean and and she'd had this great conversation like in in Seoul about a New Zealand show from Edinburgh it just felt very, it felt very interconnected. It felt like that global kind of community is possible. Mm.
3: Yeah, it is. And I think that the, it is just that, I think we got the same experience in Brisbane. It was like as, Mm. as big as that whole world feels, it's not. There are people there that want to collaborate. There are people there that are hunting great work. Um, there is a real universality to the story mm. Mm. as well. And I think the, the side of the story that is Melbourne-based in terms of where Valerie was, um, then coming to New Zealand, kind of cracks that open a little bit as well.
2: Yeah.
3: And there is something that I think when a story is very specific, it actually has the room to be for everyone. Yes. Because I'm learning about someone new, mm. you know,
2: Yeah. And and the festival itself, um, I felt... I feel like we went knowing that it was going to be a bit of a marathon. And we kind of prepared for that as much as we could, and we stayed in connection with each other as much as we could, and we did the best things we could while we were there to um, keep each other well um, and having a good time. Didn't you guys and
0: get hard into the CrossFit? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: we had our CrossFit routine. Yes, we yeah. cast
2: CrossFitted together. It was great.
4: Yeah, so yeah, I exercised more and drank less in Edinburgh than I have for for years. So like, <laughs> which was and that's because, yeah, forewarned is forearmed or whatever yeah, yeah I knew that going in there you could things could go pretty south if you just yeah
3: if you let that festival if you, swallow if you let you, that yeah. festival yeah. Yeah. swallow yeah. you yeah so guilty
1: hello yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so we kept our heads above water
2: yeah. yeah it was great and no. then yeah we came home with a fringe first award which amazing. is amazing mm. and we were nominated for a mental health award through the Scotsman Um, And we were also Nominated for a music theatre award Yeah so overall Super successful for us uh, And challenging But A time of growth and Yeah Wonderful Wonderful to be able to do A show like that So many times In that Pressurised setting where you are Really needing to just get on, sit up, do the work, get off, sleep, do the work outside the show to do the
3: show to do the work. You know just what I mean? Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also think that the, um, like it's awesome to be bringing that award home, mm. but I also feel like it was a very special year in terms of Rose winning the comedy festival yeah. and basement tapes, basement tapes Let's getting go the fringe the Kiwis. first as well. Like it was, it was a such a great year to be bringing stuff Whoa. back. To
2: Auckland, I said, you know, I said to a friend, if if we were like if we were playing sports, there would have been a ticker tape parade when we all arrived home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we'd be parading <laughs> that award. You know, with all the the three wins and and yeah. you know plus great reviews for Don Juan and, and yeah, yeah,
4: um, yeah. I yeah. we've we seen what like fifty or so shows in our time over there, and we went the wonderful thing where you go and support your you know compatriots and in their shows and the new zealand work you takes a lot of work to get over there and it shows when you go and see those shows you see people really doing like the modern maori quartet show Mm. the don juan they were some of my favorite experiences over there i think we did a really great showing as a from what of what we can make and what we can Kind of put the effort in to take over there. Yeah. Yeah, the representation
3: was good. The representation huge. is huge. Yeah. Uh, and because it's such a massive effort for us, like you say, yeah. it's like no one's there to fuck spiders. Like, they, you know, it is They're like, <laughs> you have a work that you really feel passionate about and you've, yeah. like, busted everything
1: to get it there across yes. the world.
0: Like, emotional and financial Absolutely. and physical hardship to yeah. get it to that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you guys going to go back next year?
4: We are talking about that. We don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put
4: you on yeah. the spot. Uh, yeah. No, we don't. We don't know. It is. A, it's. A, it's a, uh, a show that we don't take the responsibility of lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, like it's a show that's quite entrenched in conversations about mental health, mm-hmm. and uh, it takes its toll. Like you, mm-hmm. it, that was part of the, the journey of that festival was learning how to do that. Thirty times, but for everyone, for for um, Reb and Nikki, who were both on the ground with us the other half of last tapes, uh, carrying so much of that weight of the production stress, and then also having to kind of hold us through um, the emotional content of the show and hold themselves professionally through that, mm-hmm. and we're all friends, so hold each other as friends through that. It takes a massive toll, and we don't want to go just uh, gallivanting into a situation. That is not safe, you know. We want to make sure that we are all rested, that we've had time to ground ourselves again before we go do something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there's yeah. definitely the potential to uh, go back and and do the show again in the same festival in a larger venue at a different time slot, and there is some conversation around that happening internally and also with. Um, with presenters in Edinburgh and if we did that I think our hope is that we would do some further touring of the UK either side of that festival Mm. but um, you know as Robin says there's lots of conversation to be had around that and then there are lots of steps between Mm. that being a potential and that being a reality. Mm. Yeah.
3: And money. And money. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And uh money. I yeah. mean, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. What
3: it takes in terms of resources Absolutely. to get there.
0: And that's a month that you guys aren't working. You're not teaching. You're not directing right. other work. It yeah. cuts you out of rehearsals or yeah, yeah other bits. Of, yeah, that's the thing. Because eh? you're all freelancers as yeah. well, right? That's so the... you also this has got to sit inside a, your more kind of cohesive year mm. annual plan. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Shall we move on to the short sharp and funkies? <laughs> Go on. Uh, okay, we just which we just what? made up the section, <laughs> but it's a section that's prevailed. Yeah.
1: yeah. So so we'll, we'll bring it back to the basement. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Um which one?
1: Okay. Um would you rather
0: Okay. Would you rather perform Drunk to sober people or perform sober to drunk people? <laughs> <laughs> like really drunk, really drunk. Or, or high. Re- or high, yeah. Mm.
3: Mm. Well, having done both. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: just <like>, just <laughs> drawing <laughs> on <an> experience
3: here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I'd rather just perform to drunk people. Yeah, I'm totally You know, with you and on then that. at least you're <laughs> sailing on a plane that's like. Uh huh. Yeah. I know where you kids are at. Right. Yeah. The gags are going to be cheap. The laughs are going to be easy.
0: And then yeah. you're out of there. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. yeah
2: sure. Oh, I don't know. I think it depends on the show. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Yeah, maybe we, we did
3: want to do a drunk fundraiser, didn't we? But it didn't.
0: <laughs> we couldn't get permission. Yeah, no. we couldn't
3: get. You know. We wanted. What did we want to do? A drunk. Drunk. Ship fa- well, you know, in it Edinburgh
2: they do shitface Shakespeare. We <laughs> were gonna, we're we're gonna, gonna the woman do, do it in black.
3: Oh that's oh, right. <laughs> we were gonna do a drunk woman in black. I yeah. really wanted play. to do it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, where yeah, um the cast have to drink as they go. Yeah. Watch the space. Yeah, I, I know, mean, yeah.
4: yeah. But I swear to God that moment where you feel something bombing if like if you're drunk or high Can't at that I'd point, yeah. like that's, that's when my my whole world crumbles because you're like, I've got no control here. It's not going well.
3: Like, Is this not landing or am I just hungry? I don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> um, if you were doing a show, would you rather your operator be... Deaf as a sound engineer or blind as a lighting operator?
3: Oh. Well, you see, I I would go with deaf every time because there'd be a lot of um, riffing on vibrations.
0: Oh. Mm. Mm. But Evelyn Glennie there. Okay, great. Vibration. Robin, you're thinking very hard about this.
4: Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure both have potential for, like, some really amazing result,
2: yeah
4: but it's be a fucking hard time for everyone involved as well <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I feel like the conversations that you'd have with I mean it depends on how oh, I'm going I'm going too deep this is not short yeah. and sharp I'm, I'm, I'm like, gonna like, go I'm gonna go uh, yeah. a
2: blind lighting operator yeah. um you yeah. know as a fun exercise of finding your light yeah, yeah. great yeah.
0: Are we sick? Make sure we move on. <laughs> would Would you rather? And this, you can wear the hat. Oh, e- actually, this is great because each of you um, direct as well. So, would you rather be directed by an imbecile or direct a bunch of imbeciles?
1: Oh
3: well, having done <laughs> both. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, lo- I, just, yeah, I would love to be directed by an imbecile.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with directed by an imbecile and just yeah. do your own thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, half, you're like, how right. freeing. You'd just yeah. be like, yep, sure, I will do that angry. <laughs> <laughs> I will sad you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I will, you know, like,
3: yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I'm all on board for that. That's right. <laughs> right. If the basement theatre was an animal
0: <laughs>
1: or um, breed of dog, what would it be and why? I think the basement is a flamingo. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's
3: very, like, it's got one foot on the ground. It's very grounded, mm-hmm. but it's got all the flair.
0: Yes, beautiful plumage. <laughs> yeah.
4: Top that, bitches.
0: <laughs> um, do you go, Robin?
4: I mean, I thought meerkat when I... when I ah! Yeah, so yeah. I was in the same enclosure at the zoo at least. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's something about that kind of, like... <laughs> Pers- looking out for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, was going to say perspicacity, but I don't think that's even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of like there's little go getters and they're all looking out for it. Yeah, and it's just like. And like, what's next? What's, what's, next? Next? what's yeah. next? Yeah, yeah. Constantly. The very pack, vibrant. The pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: well, I mean, yeah, yeah no pressure. It, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's just partly because I'm a Bowser, but I think the basement is like our dog Dexter because. <laughs> yeah heaps of energy and um, he's like middle aged now he's you know he's he's old. actually right. 10 he's coming up to be 10 like the basement um, and he is a dog that everybody loves and he welcomes uh, people with open arms but he's a little bit um Decrepit, so he recently <laughs> lost an eye. Uh, he recently lost an eye. So he's become a little pirate. He's getting quite grey. But, um, you know, when you take him to the beach or the park, he is still running circles around other dogs. Um, and and just, like, has the energy for life and the experiences he loves, despite a few things that um, can no longer be, f- you, you know, like, could could use a bit of a fix-up. Despite um,
1: the toy.
0: Yeah. Well, no, but they oh, fix I'm the sure choice. He that's can't that's have that's another that's eye, that's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I, yeah. I actually to add on to that for the Dexter thing? Yeah. The thing I really love about Dexter, I lo- I love lots of things about him, is <laughs> if Cherie and Robin are home, and you, if, uh, and then I come to visit them, um, Dexter is barking his head <laughs> off, he comes up to the door, he's like screaming at you as you're coming, he really puts on quite a big show, big song and dance, um, but if you come home, and you guys aren't home and he's there by himself it's so quiet and you open the lounge and he's like curled up and kind of hiding on the couch like who's that like just like don't say a word and I just love that about him like he's he's all show but also like just like do I need to bark at this person? He's conserving energy for opening night
1: Absolutely
0: yes.
3: He's on the sofa eating chips and watching Six Feet Under
0: He's living his best life
1: yeah
0: If the basement was a cocktail or a drink, what would it be?
3: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? I don't know, but there is this amazing drink that I really do miss. What's that? That is, it? is um, half lager, half Coke. <laughs> and oh, then you get oh, a shot God. glass of amaretto oh. and you yeah. drop it in, <gasps> and then it tastes like Dr. Pepper. <laughs>
0: Of course, yeah So that's, that's my that. one Yeah, yeah. that's that
3: Because you always get a little bit extra yeah,
0: <laughs> Have you ever asked for that at the base one?
3: I'm going to be right now Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I think you already They already serve it The, the double brown with the slice of lime That, <laughs> that Ben Henson orders all the time <laughs> A it dobra is and lime A dobra and lime Because yeah. it is A, a
1: little bit shit A little bit like fancy like Yeah Yeah
3: Yeah
2: Yeah Yeah am yeah, yeah, I don't think I can uh,
3: The
1: dobro and it, lime Is the way, the way
2: to go mm. I'm in agreement
1: And being uh, Musicians What What type of music Would the basement be
0: mm. Or an artist Aqua oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great.
2: A little bit euro, little a little bit pop. little bit euro, a little bit pop.
3: Yeah. Like, stands
4: the test of time. Yes.
2: That's a toughie.
4: I was just talking to Tom Broom about this kind of st- – not that question, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about the fact that you – Try as much as you want, you're always going to go back to your teens, right? You're always going to end up just making the music that you listened to as <laughs> oh your teen. So we're both down this trap now of just going back and like listening to the Smashing Pumpkins, and you know, that's what the basement is to me. It's like mm. this because it will always be a great time. It's a foundational time. You know, you'll never move away from that, you might look back and think, what the fuck was I thinking, you know, when I did that show (laughs) that time? Like, what was that? Directed by an
2: imbecile.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Starring imbeciles. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, it's melancholy, infinite sadness. It's, you know. Don't you think Alanis maybe should?
2: Oh, (laughs) Alanis for me, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's the same analogy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A a bit nostalgic, a a sing-along banger. Scott... Yeah. With the,
3: like 15% nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: You can do it acoustic, you can do it like yeah, on the stereo. Yeah. Works, oh, yeah. Just give me
3: a pedal. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's go. Right. <laughs> uh, to finish off, if you were describing the basement to someone who didn't know about it, what three words would you use to describe it?
3: Oh, I was gonna say a joy sneeze.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> a joy sneeze.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's when you go, ah, <laughs> and you go, oh, maybe I'll go upstairs, maybe I'll go downstairs, maybe I'll stay in the bar, maybe I'll be out in the like courtyard just talking to some people.
2: And you feel better once it's done. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like a good sneeze. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh. Um, welcoming? Yes. Or inclusive? Um... Mmm. Thinking? And though.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to waste words because that is a lame one to choose, but I'm just like it's just like the best people, you know? Mm, it's about yeah. the people of what is what I've taken away from the basement hugely. And I think, God forbid, if that space nah, I don't even want to, that that's not it's about the basement ten years. It's what it'll be keep going for years. Um the people.
2: Yeah. And and like development, you know, I, I think um maybe development instead of thinking I I think development for me kind of encompasses uh the space as an artist and the space as an audience
3: in some ways. Yeah. De oh, well, definitely. And I they, like the basement offers a space that's its own training ground, yeah. you know? So all of the, um, this year is the first year in eight years that I've not done a show at the basement.
1: Really? Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. And
4: often like three, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think you grow there. Yep. we were talking about this the other day is that for us really, we've been in this industry like in New Zealand about 10 years now. Yeah. So when we st- were working at the basement, we didn't realise how fresh it was. Mm. It's kind of just grown along with us. It's, yeah, it's been a huge part of that journey. And looking at it now, it's amazing who's come through that.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Who's, oh,
4: and who's still here. Who's still here. And held by it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And held here. by it. Yeah. Mm, and, yeah. like, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, half the people over in Edinburgh doing international work now have...
2: Like, all come through. All come through, yeah. Come
4: yeah. up and through, so it's... I know, I was thinking, fuck,
3: I was here for the five-year one. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and now it's the 10-year one.
1: Now the 10 Jesus Christ.
0: We have in been f- another 10 years, right? Yeah. we like,
1: yeah. 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 another five, yeah. Hmm. Well, um, thank you very much, Ben, Shree and Robin. That was... Um, that was an amazing conversation to yeah. have, and um, nice to have a company on board to um, to have a chat to us as well. Oh.
2: Thanks for having
3: us.
1: Yeah, thank you. Where is it all? And for all the listeners out there, make sure you find us in all the social platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for "Going Off Script Podcast." Email us, get in touch: uh, at goingoffscriptpodcast@gmail.com, and of course, basementtheatre.co.nz. Find out what's going on. Go see some shows. Get some theatre into your life. And that was the Goss with the last tapes. See you later.